I want to go through some TV shows and movies and stuff like that and uh, talk about that along with the news. So it's not just about Iraq and Syria and Africa and China and Asia. And the United States and Mexico, Canada, Australia, the panda bears, the coronavirus, the kung flu. I want to also talk about movies too. But right now I want to skim through all the different shows that are on Showtime so I can find one to watch. And so I want to find something that doesn't have identity politics in it, doesn't talk bad about America, doesn't talk bad about Mexico, doesn't talk bad about anybody. I just want to find a show that's just about comedy or just about thriller or something like that. But I don't want to see some kind of uh, ulterior motive, like, you know, or something, some kind of political message in the background, you know, or up front, whatever you want to call it, however you want to see it. Okay, let's start this. Well, right now we're going to, I want to review uh, shows and movies on Showtime. Because I have that right now. So let's look at see what shows and movies are available on Showtime. And I'm going to make this a weekly thing too. So stay tuned for next week when I talk about the next movie um, or show. And I'm just going to go over one a week. But right now I'm going to skim through them to find a show to watch. And uh, I'm just going to skim through like 10 of them or 10 or 12 or whatever. And um, here we go. you want to find something to watch on TV and you're not wanting to get into any kind of identity politics you don't want to call anybody white or black or Mexican, yellow, red or blue or whatever you don't want to watch anything that has to do with lesbians or gay people or straight people you just want to watch some kind of actors well damn I'm going to try to shove it down your face so you put on your first show it's a new season called City of Angels Penny Dreadful season 1 episode 1 and here you go. This is what it sounds like. No kidding. So we got four rich white victims in the fucking L.A. River. This gets out. We're looking at a damn race war. You don't know how much I wish those bodies were Mexican. No offense. None taken. So right there, they're just trying to make you hate that white guy. Old white men are just racist. You hear the way he said that? I wish it was a Mexican guy killed. And the Mexican guy's like, oh, no offense. Yeah, I didn't take didn't take no offense. Yeah, they're trying to shove it down your face. So you're going to have empathy for the Mexican dude or the younger Mexican guy, which is in the office of the older white dude, that said, like, I wish those dead people were Mexican. There it goes, just in the beginning, first season one. What does that make you think, subconsciously? Then there's a part that's like a few minutes later um, where this uh, mother takes the son into the doctor and then he finds out he has asthma or something like that. And then she says, oh, you're from the same city as me somewhere in Europe. They're European. She's a European and he's a European from somewhere else. Somewhere similar, but not the same place. But here they are in America. Then she talks about her American husband. Look at where they paint this in the first episode of season one. Subject to any special tensions? Where are you from? Berlin. I am Berlin. I was Berlin. 
now in Boyle Heights with the Jews. It is hard for us there, for me and Frank. It is difficult in this place for us. My husband, he is American. He is like all Americans, yeah? What is that? He listens to the wrestling on the radio. He drinks his beer. He is curious about nothing. He knows nothing. My husband says we have to be American. Yes. So, so far, white people are portrayed as racist, and the woman's husband isn't a stupid American that doesn't know nothing and isn't interested in nothing and sits around, watches wrestling, and drinks beer. What is this movie trying to put in the back of your mind? Okay, turn it off. Let's try something else. What else we got? What else we got? Uh, identity politics we got here going on. Did you see that? She says, she said, my husband my husband is like all, all other American husbands. He knows nothing. He's not interested in nothing. He drinks the beer. And he says, does, she hurt, does he hurt you? She's like, yes. Does he hurt the boy? Yes. Americans are such a bad people. I know. This is what's driving people. If we can't get in the front door of your mind, we'll come in through the back door. There was Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, um, on Showtime, the series. So then I turned on to the next uh, show that I could find. It was called The L Word. And it opens up with two lesbians. One eating out the other. That's the first, first thing you see on the TV. Two lesbians eating each other out. One naked broad. Good body. If we're not going to get you in the front of your mind, we're going to come in through the back door. The name of the show, the season is called uh, The L Word. Season 1, Episode 1 on Showtime. It looks like a Mexican lady was eating out this black lady here. The actors in the show is Arian Mandy, which is, uh, I think she's part Iranian. And then there's uh, Rosani Zayas, which uh, Mandy had gave an orgasm to Zayas, which is, uh, she looks like she's a Colombian. Or not Colombian, maybe Southern Mexico. She has that, uh, that type of look to her. Facial features. If you look up uh, on Google and see what Rosani Zayas' uh, ethnic background is, it is white. And her race is possibly Mexican. What? That don't make sense. But the open up of the show, opening of the show is these two broads making out. Well, the one eating out the other one. She's got her head in between her legs. And so, they, you know, they're lesbian. You don't need a man to do that, I guess. Then the next scene is with a girl named Jacqueline Toboni. She sneaks out of a bedroom while somebody's still sleeping in the bed. This Toboni girl has uh, hairy armpits. I don't know if she left a guy or a girl in the bed. Either way, she snuck out in the morning. So this Taboni girl gets back to her house. I'm assuming it's her house, but I, I don't know. Maybe, or she goes into a, a particular house and she sees some Mexican dude out in the yard with his shirt off. And then she runs inside this house where the two lesbian girls are eating each other out. And then she runs up to this gay oriental dude. And then she says, oriental gay guy, come upstairs and let's go into the room with the, where the girls are eating each other out and look out the window and see the Mexican guy. So she yells out the window. The Mexican guy says, hey, I want to come down and see you. Tells the gay guy that he can marry him to marry the Mexican guy if the other one doesn't marry him first. Okay, so far that's what this movie's about. Okay, faggotism, lesbianism, and whoring around. Pretty cool. 
Then the next scene is of the gay guy trying to tell the one girl to marry the other girl. And the other girl says she's going to do it, but she's afraid her dad's not going to like and approve of her marrying the girl. And then uh, the one that just left the uh, the house with um, snuck out of the bed, whoever she was sleeping with, that's hitting on a Mexican guy, comes in and says this. He's never, she's good enough for you. He's right up with his, like, I think I'm going to invite. No. Yeah, no. I think that's really then the next scene <laughs> then the next scene is of a little black girl listening to rap music in her bedroom uh texting somebody about some kind of plans because she's like a teenager so i'm assuming they're going to do something at night and then her white mother comes and says you got to go or whatever and uh the white mother's like I, and, and then the black girl goes to school or wherever she goes to and a white mom's like i love you have a good day so white mother with black kids i don't know who the father is yet then the next scene is with some Iranian kids, and then there's like three women around kissing each other, and they're one of them, they seem angry about or sad and about who's gonna take the kids. Okay, so and they're speaking Iran or the one mother speaking Iranian or Far Farsi to uh, to the children, and it's an English movie, but the, she's speaking uh, Farsi. Okay, what's this what's this movie what's this show trying to tell you? Let's go to another show. Forget this one, but I'd like to see some of that lesbian sex again. Well, there's another show called Hightown, and that's a that's based off of a detectives, well, fish cop, and then other detectives looking for some uh, drug dealers and stuff like that. And uh, in Hightown, the protagonist is a lesbian broad that goes around licking pussy, which is great because I like to, I like to see that. I don't mind seeing that. If it was a show about some dude running around sucking dick, I probably wouldn't want to watch it. Not one episode, no offense. But Hightown's a pretty cool show if you like lesbian. Uh, scenes. A lot of these shows have uh, lesbian scenes so far. Let's see what else we can watch. So I started watching a different um, show starting from season three because I didn't watch the first two. I guess they were last year, maybe, possibly. Uh, so season three, episode one, I like how uh, the, the identity politics comes up and guess who they talk about, talk bad about. You know who I'm talking about. Not Iranians, not Mexicans, not black people, but guess who they're talking about. Not lesbians or faggots, but you know who I'm talking about. This guy and the girl are sitting on the beachfront, having a nice civilized talk, you know, laughing, smiling, being cool. And then she says this. No, I'm nervous. Really? Thought you'd be ready to get the hell out. I'm just not excited about leaving home, you know? Being around a bunch of white people, I don't know. Being around a bunch of white people, I don't know. Hey, no, these sound like bougie problems to me. Being around a bunch of white people, I don't know. <laughs> being, around, being around a bunch of white people, I don't know. Why do I have to put that in the show? Isn't this all scripted? Okay, I don't want to watch this kind of stuff because it seems like a lot of identity politics. But I haven't seen any faggots or lesbians yet in this show. There might be some. It's an all-black show, it looks like. There might be some white girls, I'm not sure. I'm not going to stick around and wait to find out. So far, these are just the shows on Showtime. These are the, these are all the shows that, started, uh, that came out in 2020. Some, most of them are in Season 1, but the, the Chai, which is in Season 3 already, I'm just reviewing all the Showtime ones, all the Showtime shows, and trying to see if I could find every single show doing the same thing, using identity politics and usually putting down white people and American people, and straight white people on top of it, making them look bad. Let's go to another show. So I'm throwing out a different show here called Black Monday, Season 2, Episode 1. Opens up with a... Uh, 
this black guy greeted by this black girl and she says stop daydreaming he says i'm wet dreaming baby and then some two white moron guys dressed like geeks i guess like from revenge of the nerds these two good white guys show up the black guys are cool the white guys are weird what's this doing to your subconscious so the black couple walks away from the two white guys and and he says fuck them he says you think they're faggots She's like, I don't know, I've seen them. One sucks his thumb. So, okay, so portraying in the beginning of this season that the, these two white geeks come up to these cool black people and it ends up that these white geeks might be faggots, too. She said the one sucks his thumb. And they're uh, money-hungry, too, I think she said something like that. They play identity politics in their favor. They're always talking about white people, black people. That's why they can't forget about it. The old white man in a huge profile. <laughs> The season right before that, there's a girl sitting sitting on the uh, bench reading a Playgirl magazine. <laughs> the black identity stuff. Then most of the white people on this show look like idiots. They all come out as idiots and portrayed as idiots or say the wrong thing. Listen to the communication between this black lady and the white lady in this part of this movie uh, or this season, uh, season two of episode one of Black Monday. And it's a good thing I got all this suspense. <laughs> to get rich as fuck buying the Yeah. So stop everything and start acquiring every share of Ameris savings in Shit. It's impossible. Lehman brought on a huge chunk. Did you say impossible? Yeah. I am a black woman. I am a black woman. I am a black woman with my own trade Wall Street in 1988. I might as well have just stepped out of a motherfucking DeLorean from the motherfucking future. Impossible? Can suck my dick. So there you have it. More black identity. I mean identity politics. That was a conversation between her and some white lady in the office. The white lady was uh, saying impossible, but the black lady was saying, no, we can do it. They can suck my dick for it. And I got a big ass and you can slap it. And we're going to be rich. The white lady's just like, okay. If we don't make it into the front door of your mind, we're coming through the back door. Of course, Black Monday is a black show and it's going to make all the black people look cool and all the white people look bad. That's what it's for. Even the name is uh, supposed to get you emotional. It's got to be Black Monday. I'm not even going to watch the whole thing to find out more racial slurs. You know what's going to happen with their terrible stereotypes. Let's go to the next show. Okay, so here's another show. It's called City on a Hill, Season 1, Episode 1. I guess it's in uh, 2020. And, um, before the um, show starts, there's a little thing you got to read. This is in October 1989, a white man. Okay, here comes identity politics. Just started. Not even two seconds into the thing. This is a white man, Charles Chuck Stewart, killed his wife, wounded himself, and then claimed the killer was black. So I guess like uh, some white guy killed his wife and blamed it on a black dude. During the investigation, the Boston Police Department used intimidation and coercion, eventually charging a black man. So there you go. So the show is starting out as identity politics right off the bat, and they're putting the, and they're making the black guys look like uh, the victim right off the bat. Just turn this show on. Oh, then in the next page you can read it, it says then Ben, but then Stewart's brother told the truth, leading to Stewart committing suicide. So the show starts out at the funeral home where the guy committed suicide. Kevin Bacon is, and I haven't seen Kevin Bacon in a show in a long time. He was an old actor. I don't remember what shows he was in, what movies were he in, but Kevin Bacon's in the show. Now you got to hear what Kevin Bacon says right in the beginning of this. 
Listen to Kevin Bacon. As Kevin Bacon walks with the guy in the funeral home while Kevin Bacon sucks on some uh, flask, drinking alcohol, whatever he's drinking, he says this. Here it goes. They got the wrong guy. Chuck Stewart pulled out his own guts to get away with killing his wife. That said something negative. I mean, I believe him too. He told me a black guy did it. Would you shit the fucking bag for the rest of your life to get away with killing your wife? I love my wife. I love my wife too. But I'm a big fan of keeping things simple. Look, I got no love lost for the Boston Police Department. Then I guess outside the funeral home, then Kevin Bacon's talking to another cop and they're talking about how they used to be bad cops back in the, uh, back in the day and, uh, you know, calling racial slurs to everybody and uh, calling people faggots and stuff like that. And then the one cop tells Kevin Bacon, he's like, man, we can't do that no more. People hate us for being like the way we used to be. We got to stop being so racial and mean. And Kevin Bacon's like, what are you talking about? And he's drinking his liquor. Then the next scene here is um, some, some, um, some black guy named Aldis Hodge, which I guess is the protagonist in this uh, ep uh, this uh, this scene, and then two white white cops come in and knock this guy out of the way, so they can go get their coffee, and then the black uh, uh, protagonist guy Aldis Hodge turns around and instead of fighting two white cops, he buys their coffee for him, and then his um, the protagonist uh, white friend says, "Why'd you do that?" He's like. You gotta learn somehow. You gotta teach these white cops how to be good people like me. If we're not gonna get you through the front door of your mind, we're gonna come in through the back door. Then the black co uh, black guy tells the white cops, he's like, "Hey, thank you for your service." When he just buys their coffee, and they're looking at him like, "Whoa, wow, we're, we're stupid." What is this? What is this message you're already trying to put in this movie? What's the message in this movie so far? The city on a hill. Then the next scene is uh, a bunch of cops. Uh, I guess are. Um, Somebody it looked like somebody was typing it. There was uh, four black suspects, so these cops go break into this house, and it was the wrong people. So the, what does that tell you? The cops are idiots, and they're just breaking into wrong people's houses. But they said, uh, "There, listen to what the cops said before they went busting into the door." Here's the warrant. Hold on to it. Hey, listen up, assholes! I'm only gonna say this once. This is a racially judged situation. This is a racially charged situation. Racially charged situation. Okay. So, so far we see that this show is identity politics. And guess guess who looks bad so far? Okay, let's see if we can find a different show. I want to find something that's not pushed by identity politics. Just want to find a normal show. With normal people saying normal things. So the next show I find is called uh, Vice. Called Keepers of the Caliphate. Keepers of the Caliphate. Looks like it's some kind of mid Middle Eastern thing. I think it has something to do with... Uh, there's a bunch of women with the towels over their head. Only their eyes showing. And then there's some strippers I showed in little different scenes. And little kids that are pushing for uh, the Islamic State. Little kids. So I think this is more of a biography. It looks very interesting. I'd watch this one before I watch the identity politics thing. Oh, this is season one, episode one I'm watching. And it looks like it's taking place in Syria. And it starts off with a girl talking about uh, a prison cell holding ISIS people. This is a pretty cool show, this uh, Vice uh, show here. With the, they're talking about the Kurdish people and ISIS. And uh, it's very interesting. But of course they're talking about all the refugees. Half of them, half of them are, are kids in the camps, obviously. So guess what they're trying to trigger there. Okay, let's look for the next show. There's a show from 2016 that shows me. It's called Gringo. 
The Dangerous Life of a Guy Named John McAfee, which I guess is the, um, it's the guy that started the uh, McAfee virus uh, thing, if I'm not mistaken. It, this, this show looks like it's from 2016, but it says it's a documentary about the bizarre and scandalous life of the tech millionaire John McAfee, famed inventor of antivirus software who goes off the grid to live in Belize, building a compound and a harem, and becoming a drug lord, okay? Seems like an interesting show. I'd like to know about that guy that made the virus thing, or the virus, uh, antivirus software. Seems interesting. Why'd I call him Gringo, though? What a cool show's uh, name, huh? I guess since he was living in uh, Latin countries, say, that's what his name was, Gringo. I get it. Identity politics. So now I'm on a show called uh, The Trade. In season one, episode one, it looks pretty interesting. It's about, uh, it opens up with some Mexican guys uh, dealing with drugs and making drugs and and some other guys, Mexicans, picking cotton, it looks like, I don't know. And then they're giving a bunch of gifts to their children. So I guess they made that money by doing drugs or selling drugs, I guess. And then so it opens up with this American guy in the border talking like this. Picking is the most lucrative illegal trade out there. For the can trade, I'm just going to show and you. In my 26 years of law enforcement, I've never seen this kind of epidemic before. We're seeing folks that are struggling across the border in Mexico who would love to have their can dream, and they see what the drug trade has to all thousands of dollars a day, and that thirst to make money takes over. So obviously, uh, I think this has to do with uh, this show has to do with the um, I'm assuming with the uh, coronavirus, the kung flu, and uh, people getting hungry in Mexico and having to being forced to sell more drugs. So maybe it's telling all you American kids, even the ones that don't do drugs, to start doing drugs, buy some drugs, because you know what, you got to feed their family. They got to feed their family. Come on, did you see the kids in the beginning of the video? They seem like nice, sweet kids. And they weren't going to get all them gifts and food and tortillas unless their parents start selling drugs. It's the only way to do it. They can't sell tomatoes or corn. Just imagine trying to smuggle over some corn. You won't make thousands of dollars a day selling corn. Or pesos, whatever you want to call it. Seems like the narrator of this show called The Trade is uh, coming from the sheriff. And he says this. So Central Ohio is a gateway. And my role as a chief deputy is to figure out how we shut that faucet off. You know, stop that flow of drugs coming into the United States. So this seems like a pretty good show. It doesn't seem like identity politics. I mean, I guess it does make the Mexican guys look good for having children and giving them gifts. And then they're trying to come over and then the white cops are all stopping them. So far, that's what it's showing. Okay, let's look at a different show here. Here's another show. It's... Uh, on Showtime, it's called A Work in Progress. Let's start it and see what we get. Any uh, faggots or lesbians or identity politics? We're ready. Let's see what we got. <laughs> sure enough, guess what starts off in this show? <laughs> you would not believe it. But okay, so it starts off with some woman dressed as a man. So far, I think it's a woman dressed as a man. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and, uh, and then she's seeing a psychiatrist and check out what she says in it. She's suicidal because she feels bad because uh, she feels like a victim because she's fat and she's gay. Okay, identity politics, here we come. And guess who makes her feel bad? Everybody else, okay, she's the victim. Guess what this show is trying to tell you? We're not gonna make it through the funny of mind. 
We're going to come into the back door of your mind until you start thinking like us. And we want control. She says uh, that she wants to, she wanted to kill herself at one time. And this is how she described herself. She says she would hurt people's feelings if she died, but she would give them a gift because I'm worthless because... Here it goes. Here it comes. I mean, I'm 45. I'm fat. I'm this queer guy who's done shit in her life, and that is my identity. It's like this, I'm trying to be a feminist, and I have this, like, princess, like, prince fantasy, like, not necessarily a man prince, but I'm, like, a struggling damsel and fucking distressed. This bitch at work knows I've been fluctuating weight-wise, so she's like, uh, I went to Costco and got you almonds. So I laid out 180 omelets, and every day I'm gonna just go throw one away. And then at the end, if I one last almond, if there's one almond left and I don't feel any better, I'm, do I'm done. I'm out because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of struggling. And in my note, I'm gonna tell that woman that the almonds were what pushed me over the edge. I'm surrounded by people who are like full selves, and I'm like. Uh, this building that's been delayed. I'm that building. Shitty thing with like unfinished beams that is like hard on the, the buildings around it, like and the people that I saw, you know, like. I won't put you through more of that talk. But anyways, a lesbian, lesbian lady was telling the uh, psychiatrist and the psychiatrist died while watching the uh, lady talk. It's, I guess it's some kind of comedy. Seems kind of funny, but of course, identity politics come right off the bat. They gotta incorporate in everything. So yeah, 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 this movie called, or this show called Work in Progress, which is season one, episode one, which is I just started watching. It came out in 2019, it looks like. Okay, so that one's a year old already. So let's look at the next one. What else do we got? Do we have anything that is not identity politics or gay or lesbian? Okay, that's it for the 2020 shows, it looks like. There's a show called Sleeper Cell, but I think it came out in 2005. There's a, I guess it looks like a black Muslim thing. It looks like it. I don't really know what it is. But there are some nice white girls that hang out with this guy. He's got a pretty white girlfriend. He's a black dude. That's cool. Yeah, Al Saeed is a Muslim ex-con. Yeah, and so he's got this real pretty white girl on the show. So if you're into that. Okay, that's it. That's it for the movie reviews on Showtime for 2020. I'll jump more in depth later, but I just wanted to skim through them to see if there was any cool shows that didn't have identity politics or gay people in it, or wasn't a gay protagonist. And obviously not, at least not on Showtime, not in 2020. You gotta refer back to something that was made in the 1990s or prior if you want something like that. Okay, adios. <laughs>